0: Good evening listeners and you're welcome along to another busy edition of Across the Line here on Tip FM At myself Paul Carroll on this Friday the 23rd of February 2024. Lots to look forward to this weekend in the world of Tipperary Sport and we have three live games on Tip FM this weekend. Starting at 12 o'clock on Saturday, Ursuline Thurless taking on Loreto Kilkenny in the All-Ireland Senior A Schools Camogie Final. That's on in Downey at 12 noon tomorrow. That game will be live here on Tip FM with thanks to Templemore College of Further Education, Stephen Gleeson and Philly Ryan talking you through that one. Then at 4 o'clock tomorrow, Saturday, in, in Semple Stadium, it is a Tipperary against Westmead in the National Hurling League. Myself and Ken Hogan will be on duty for that one with thanks to Aria Tipperary. And then on Sunday, the Tipperary senior footballers are playing Leash in Division 4 of the National Football League. That's at 2 o'clock on Sunday and live commentary of that will come from myself and Anthony Shelley with thanks to Tipperary County Council Road Safety. So there's a very busy uh, show lined up looking forward to all three of those games. Then towards the end of the show we have this week's edition of The Sporting Edge where I caught up yesterday with uh, Tipperary and Bursa Kane's own Dylan Slevin about uh, his debut at the World Arts Championship back in December and we also looking ahead to his season uh, his season ahead, his second season on tour of the PDC Pro Tour so it's a really good chat with Dylan and he's very kind of open and honest about some how he dealt with the nerves of uh, playing in front of 3,000 people at the Alexandra Palace so it's a really good chat with Dylan later in the show as well and of course to end the show as always on a Friday evening we'll be getting our weekly Greyhound update from Barry Drake so as I said really busy show we're going to start though by looking ahead to the Tipperary Senior Herders game as I said they're playing Westmead at 4 o'clock on Saturday and to talk about that game I'm joined on the line by former Tipperary midfielder Shane McGrath Shane you're welcome Back to the show.
1: Hey Paul, how's
0: it going? All good, Shane. Yeah, it's it's nice here on a on a Friday evening to be able to ha- have the Tipperary the team in time for the show. Usually, it's released uh, just a couple of hours after the show, but we have the team now for tomorrow's game. 14 changes from the team that uh, took on Galway. So, Reece Shelley's back in goals. Johnny Ryan, Barry Heffernan, and David Kelly in the full back line. Dan McCormack, Brian McGrath and Seamus Kendi is in the half-back line. Seamus Kendi captain in the team. Noel McGrath is back in midfield with Kyle Quinn. Then the half-forward line, Sean Hayes, Jason Ford and Connor Stakelham. Then Andrew Ormond, Billy Seymour and Mark Keough uh, make up the full-forward line. So as I said, 14 changes there. We heard Liam Cal a few weeks ago say he's going to kind of cut down the panel after this game. So it's a it's a massive game for all these kind of players but maybe trying to impress Liam Cal one last time before he, he make, makes a decision on his panel.
2: Yeah, like 14 changes Paul but like still a good strong team you know and I think that's for me that's that's where we're that's the difference between us maybe from this year and last year is that I, I, I just feel we're a stronger panel Um, you know like you look down there and you think of the likes of, likes of David Kelly there now from Ballina like David would be maybe you know maybe a relatively unknown in the wider Hurling world but had a brilliant couple last couple of seasons for his club and He's in there, like you know, and you know, obviously we all know about Dan and Brian and Seamus in the half back line. That's probably our most experienced line in the field there. But moving on to midfield, like like Kyle Quinn, like I, I I was lucky to be his coach, Kyle, for a couple of years as as minor hurler, and I just loved what he was about, even as a minor. His attitude, his work rate, his you know his ability to to just be do whatever it takes for the team. And I think where he has come on both physically and in his hurling in the last couple of years is phenomenal really both club and obviously people would have seen with the performance he was put into Fitzgibbon so I mm. I, I, know, I know Liam Cahill has, has, has a few he's a few hard decisions to make I suppose Paul doesn't he you know he's made no bones about it that he, he will be cutting the panel after this game like so there probably are without saying it to them maybe or maybe saying it to them to say five or six guys say look this, this is your chance now and like I, I, I just love what Carl Quinn is about I, I think there's Savage potential for that guy, even and, you know, with the with the weather improving and everything now as well. Go up to the forwards, then I suppose you know, I suppose Sean Hayes is getting is, is getting a big chance, Paul. You know, we all know what Jay was about. Connor Stakely is there a few years now, and um, you know, Markio is there for years. But I suppose Sean Hayes, Andrew Armand, and Billy, like maybe for them now, this this is another chance for them to either you know cement their place, or else it's a it's a chance for them to say, you know, I I. I don't want to be a bit player on this. I really want to be on the team. And I. I and some people might look at it, Paul, and they might go, God, it's a lot of pressure to put in the lads so early in the year. It's only February. But do you know what? That's the way it is. Like it's Like eight weeks out from Championship now. Decisions yeah. have to be made. And if lads are told this is your chance, you, you really do have to take it. I mean, we've all been involved in things before where we were very close to either making it or not, whatever it might be. And sometimes in life, you just have to take your chance. And, I, I, you know, I, 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 just still think I look at it and fourteen changes, as you said, but still a really good, strong panel there, and I, I, I do think we're in, we're in a good place,
3: Paul like,
0: Yeah, and it's kind of a balance as well between you want a strong panel, but then you kind of want it, some people might prefer a settled fifteen, but I don't think in the modern game really, and the way Tipperary's uh, championship structure is set up in terms of the Munster Championship, Tip playing a, kind of two games in short succession, then a week off, then another two games in short succession. I don't think you can have a settled 15.
2: I think I think it's a 21-man team now, Paul, um, if that makes sense to people. like um, it, You know, I, I think that's what it is to, to get through Munster. Really, like, you know, I mean, maybe Limerick are the outliers to that, but when you think about it, are they really? Because what they have in the likes of Kyle O'Neill, Adam English, Shane O'Brien, Colin Coughlin, you know, these are the kind of regular... Regular finishers, as we'll call them, I think is the language a lot of people, starters and finishers, the language a lot of kind of coaches and managers use nowadays. They still have 19 nineteen, twenty, twenty-one go-to guys. As yeah, highly does. So, I think that's what we're kind of building towards. I think that's what Liam and Mikey and, and the management team are building towards. Is that, you know, we 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 probably have a fair idea of twelve or thirteen guys who who will play championship. It's the other seven or eight guys, and I think that's what we're trying to find. And I think we are getting there slowly but surely if you Limerick are only starting to play a really strong team this weekend because you know maybe they didn't have to against Antrim and Westmead but you know they have nine starters from the All-Ireland last year now playing against Dublin so we are coming to that stage too Paul where you'll see more and more regulars but it really for me now it's about finding 20 or 21 guys who's, who, who's going to be your top 20 21 guys for championship.
0: championship
4: yeah, and I think,
2: I, think lads, I think lads know that in there too Paul they yeah. know that look I, I need to get into that bracket there now. And realistically, before, you might have had 15 and maybe, unless an injury, it wasn't changing because you're four weeks in between. Realistically nowadays, Paul, 15 that takes place in the first round of the Monster Championship, there will there will be one, two, maybe three changes due to the time frame, injuries and knocks. So you break into that and you have a massive chance of, of featuring in, in Championship Hurling.
0: Yeah, so it's a big incentive for a lot of the players uh, this weekend, but a lot of positions up for grabs especially that middle third a lot of players kind of interchangeable in around there but the goalkeeping position is another place between Reese Shelley and Barry Hogan they've been kind of flip-flopping in and out of the last few games so you know there's options all over the field which is a good thing and it can be a bad thing as well if there's, if there's too many and it's hard to, to settle the, the team down but like this Westmead game tomorrow John um, you know, Tipper are, are big favourites for the game, and it would be a shock if Tip don't don't win. That's how bookmakers are looking at it anyway, as well. But after that, it's it's Limerick, and uh, you know the, it's another challenge then as well. So I'm I'm sure Liam Call is, is kind of looking at this kind of two week period as, as that Limerick game maybe as a true kind of championship test inside in the Gaelic grounds.
2: Yeah, he is, and like just the way the table is now, I suppose. I mean, we're you know we're full points from two games. If we if we won this, we'll, you know you're all you're basically guaranteed to be in top three, maybe almost guaranteed to be in a, in a semi-final But depending on how Galway fare out in their last couple of matches as well. So, like, uh, I, I, I think the Limerick game will be very interesting to see how both managers go at it. Like, say, John Kiley now has started nine of the starting 15, as I said, from the last year's All-Ireland Final team against Dublin. Like, will he go even further and go stronger again against Tip? Because, you know, as you said already, Paul, their managers are going to want to get their regulars, get their, you know, get their guys who are going to be involved in the championship, get them back playing with each other as much as possible and like Limerick and Tip in the Gaelic grounds you, know, you, you could have two really strong teams named there, you could have a serious game but then you, know, you don't want to show too much so it, it's hard to know what managers want from the game I suppose is what I'm trying to say like, I mean, like, does Lee and Cal really want to go after that Limerick game put down a marker against what will be probably a strong Limerick team as well you know, I think that's interesting to see and I, I suppose with Antrim as the last game as well, you know, Tip will be looking at that as a as a game they're gonna win, albeit it is on in Corrigan Park. Hard place to go. But look, Tip went up there last year and they performed very, very well up there, like you know, and, and they had a really big win up there. So look I just I just on in all you mentioned Reese, Shelley and Barry Hogan. I think the boys seem to be every other game at the moment. They're both not doing nothing too wrong, their their puck outs are good, like you know, Reese has an unbelievable strike at the ball. Barry is so accurate with his short puck outs with those 60 yards. he just ping him, he'd put it into your pocket. Like,
0: so yeah.
2: I think we're in a good place in between the six as well as we are out the field. But that middle third, as you said, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how, what, what, you know, if anyone can break into that, I suppose we know Shamie Kendy will be there. You no, know, Brian McGrath, Dan McCork, they'll all be there, thereabouts. Noel, what kind of a, like, what, what kind of a player will Noel be for us this year? I mean, He's saying, you know, Noel's coming towards the end, maybe, you know, and, and maybe he is, but like he's still our, he's still our probably our best player. He was all-star
0: nominated England, last year,
2: you know, yeah. You know, so I mean, that's just the way Noel is. He's just a genius on the hurling field that he doesn't have to burn up a, a GPS to get on so much ball, to be in so many assists. He just has what no GPS can read, and that's that's what Noel McGrath is like. You know, he's just one of the one of the all-time greats, really, in my in my opinion. And, just up front then, you know, you look at J.O. and Macchio there a while now and, like, Andrew Armand, for me, is a really exciting player. I think he's going to push on. I think Sean Ryan for Timberdere, is going to push someone on for a jersey. You know, I mean, Sean Kennelly, we've seen what he's doing as well. So, as I've said, Paul, I've said it a few times, I do think we're in a good place. I do think we're a stronger panel than we were last year because of all those guys coming through. And, as I said, there's one guy for me called Queen, I I just think this guy, this guy could really... You know he could really nail down and, and and become just a regular championship player for for Tip. I think I think he takes all the boxes, Paul.
0: Yeah, so he's going to be in midfield tomorrow with with Noel McGrath. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this game plays out. But Shane, it's been great catching up on your thoughts on the Tipperary team. So thanks for joining us on Across the Line.
2: Yeah, thanks, Paul.
0: Great to chat with Shane McGrath. There looking ahead to tomorrow's game, four o'clock throwing time down in Semple Stadium, live here on Tip FM with thanks to Aurier in Tipperary. We're going to take a quick ad break. We'll be talking about the Tipperary footballers and the Ursuline Thurles Camogie team after these. And you're very welcome back to Across the Line here on Tip FM. Myself, Paul Carroll, on this Friday, the 23rd of February, 2024. Now we're going to switch our attention to the Tipperary Senior Football Team. And after last week's draw in London, uh, Paul Kelly's side, welcome and leash to FPD Semple Stadium on Sunday at 2 o'clock in Division 4 of the National Football League. And that game will be live here on Tip FM. with thanks to Tipperary County Council Road Safety. I'll be on commentary alongside Anthony Shelley, who joins me on the line now. Anthony, you're welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks, Bob. Going down to this game on Sunday, Anthony, at 2 o'clock in FBD Semple Stadium. Um, how are you feeling going into this game? Leash unbeaten, three wins from three. Tipperary would a win, a loss, and uh, at last weekend's draw coming into this game. So, what's your overall feeling kind of heading to Semple Stadium on Sunday?
1: Well, I suppose from a Tipperary point of view, if you want to be involved in the promotion rates right, at the end of it, it's a must win game. Um, we spoke before the London game on. Um, you know, we were definitely seeing the grass the glass half full after after the result up in Longford. But um you know, I suppose there's no way you can dress it up. Uh drawn in London uh, was a poor result for us and it kinda of, it sets us back it sets it's definitely a setback for us. Um you know, I know people say London is a is a tough place to go. And yeah, it is a tough place to go, they'll be committed and everything like that, but still ninety five percent of the teams come away with the two points out of there. And uh I would have expected us, given everything, even though we are a relatively young young, inexperienced side, uh given the way we have played up in Longford, I would have expected us to come out with the two points. So um that means basically that you know, we have to win on Sunday. We have three points now. You know, normally you know, you won't you probably won't get promoted uh with with anything less than eleven points. So um and that's the max we can get. So we would need to win our last four games, which is going to be tough. And Leash are flying, they've won three from three. Their last two games they've won by double digits. And um you know it, it's a tough ask, but you know, it's time, you know, after last result after after last Sunday's results you know, hopefully to be a bit of a kick in us um, and, and, and we can get back on the horse again uh, and push. You know, maybe we might get promoted, but I'd like to see us in the promotion race, you know, come the last game of the season.
0: Yeah, and that, like, I suppose, looking at this Leash team and Tipperary, like they're two sides unfamiliar with each other. They've kind of dodged each other from different divisions over the last kind of half a decade. Last time they met was 2017, so not too much crossover between the two sides, but... You mentioned there they have two wins in a row in double digits. One of them was against Carlo last time out, but Carlo seemed to frustrate them for, for the first 25 minutes. It was five points to no score in favour of Carlo, and then Leash really pushed on in the second half and won by, I think it was at 11 in the end, but I'd imagine the Tipperary management team will be looking at what Carlo did in, in that first kind of half an hour and getting a bit of inspiration from that.
1: Yeah, reading the reports in that game, called Carlo kind of seemed to put 14 or 15 men behind the ball and then uh, hit leash on the break. Um, the evidence of the way we're playing so far is that um, we're, we're playing with a more offensive uh, formation and there were, uh, I would think, I mean, my one criticism of the way we're playing at the moment, I think we're very open at the back and that would be my big worry on on uh, Sunday, even when we did the game up in, up in Longford. Longford in the first 15 minutes or so cut us open a few times and only the last pass went astray, they could have hit us for two or three goals, so I would like to see us being a little bit tighter at the back because if we go going home, going home at, at Leash, I think they will pick us off um, they they themselves um, like they have experienced lads at the back like Mark Mark Timmons there at centre back, I think from Nepal is his 143rd game for Leash wow. uh, which, is, which is a fair record and you know he, 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 he's been there a long time and he was still their player of the year um, last last year. So you know he's their centre back, good player. And you know you've Evan even up front who's also. I'm not sure how many games he has, but I did read somewhere he is in the top twenty and all time appearances for Leash as well. So, so so they they have the experience that we don't, and I don't think that if we. I think if we go gung ho at them, it, they will pick us off. So I would like to see us maybe settle down a bit, get our get our defensive formations. Um, a little bit better and not be as gung-ho. Um, uh, you know, we don't have to bring 14 men behind the ball, but at the moment, we are getting back. I'm going comment up in, um, up in, um, up in Longford. Yeah, we're getting men back, but we're actually, we're just marking space and nobody doing anything. We're like busy fools getting back, but nobody not really knowing their jobs. So, I would like to, defensively, I would like to see us um, a little bit tighter, you know, and um, maybe it's time for, you know, lads that have been on the sidelines there for the last year, experienced lads like Colm kind of shock and them. I think this this is a game that might be made for Shocks to come in and um, and shore up things because, you know, I, even listening to your commentary last Sunday in London, there was a few times where you, you commented that we had nobody inside the six, inside our own 65-yard line. We were, just, we were just all bombing forward and, you know, against Leash that won't be good enough.
0: Yeah, it's kind of set up to be a... It could be a very open game of football, which will be interesting to see how that goes. But I suppose it's going to be interesting to see the Tipperary team later on because um, from there, I believe Teddy Dull got injured in the warm-up and then there was injuries to Carl Dealey and Paddy Creeden on the day as well. And um, still, I, I'd imagine we might be still without Stephen O'Brien and, and Connor Sweeney. So it's going to be interesting to see this Tipperary team when it is named. But overall, Anthony, are you kind of more hopeful than expectant of a Tipperary win on Sunday or, or what's your overall feeling?
1: Yeah, I go more in hope than expectation, Paul, to, to be honest. And uh, you know, just going back to what I said earlier, I think if we make this a shoot house, I think Leash Leash will beat us because we are so dependent up front on um on um Sean O'Connor. Uh you know, fair enough, the two Jack Hendys I suppose uh did chip in with, with six or seven points between them last week. But um, you know, we don't have seem to have the array of scores that Leach have if you look back at the amount of scores they've had in their last few games including their goalkeeper who amazingly after three games has 13 points on the board uh, some you know, of them from play he, as well uh, three of them I think from play in the first game so you know um, it's um, you know it's not often you say we'll have to keep an eye on the keeper but um, you know they 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 obviously have done the stats and that i'm not a fan of the keepers coming out and, and trying to keep points but they've obviously done the stats and saying look he's contributing more by coming forward than them what we concede at the back concede at the back but um that's why if we make it a shootout it'll just drag drag their players forward on top of us and um i th- i think they have a better spread of scores in one team that than we have so I would like to see us as, as I said earlier just keep things tight and steady and um, you know keep ourselves in the game with, with 10 or 15 minutes to go
0: Yeah, Well let's see how it plays out Sunday 2 o'clock is the throw-in time down in FPD Semper Stadium live commentary with me and Anthony uh, here on Tip FM on Sunday with thanks to Tipperary County Council Road Safety so until Sunday Anthony uh, we'll talk to you then and thanks for joining us yep. Across the Line yep.
1: See you Sunday Paul, thank you man.
0: So as I mentioned, that game is live on Tip FM on Sunday at 2 o'clock, and that is the last of our three live games coming up this weekend. The first of those is tomorrow at 12 o'clock in uh, Rat Downey. It's Ursuline Thurless against Loretto Kilkenny in the All-Ireland Senior A Schools Camogie Final. To talk about that game, I'm joined on the line by Olivia Hogan, who's a teacher and a coach with the Ursuline Thurless team. Olivia, good to talk to you. Welcome to the show. Thanks very
5: much, Paul.
0: Uh, Olivia, must be great excitement in the school, I'd imagine, this week. An All-Ireland Senior A School's final to look forward to against a, a familiar opponent in Loreto Kilkenny. Lots of history between the two sides. We'll get to that in just a second. But um, just great excitement, I'd imagine, around the place.
5: Great excitement, yeah, sure. I think for any All-Ireland occasion, you know, these, these occasions don't come around all of the time. So when they do come around, we want to make the most of them. And the girls are really... Enjoying it, and the, the rest of the student body as well, and the teachers, and the whole school community, even to the, the sisters in the convent. So, it's a massive occasion for the school.
0: Yeah, and uh, as I said, these, these two teams have had a, a lot of experience in playing each other. Two years ago, the All Ireland Junior A uh, school's final between the two sides was six, 6 10 to 7 7. The first game was, and went to uh, injury time, it went to a replay, and he uh, won it that day. Then last year, Loretto defeated G in the, the All Ireland Senior Semi Final, so these are two sets of players that uh, really know each other at this stage.
5: Yeah, I suppose you know we've we've seen Loretto over the last number of years between seventh competitions and um, in All Ireland Series we managed to scrape there, but in the last I suppose in twenty twenty two we've you know we've had that really um, hard fought battles with them in terms of you know really good hurling and uh, very tightly contested games, and I suppose the Junior All Ireland for us that was you know in terms of our achievements in school camogie that was our um i suppose the pinnacle to what we've got to at the minute so that was a great occasion for us but you know it was hard earned and hard fought and uh like loretta Kilkenny i suppose we hold them in huge respect in terms of their hurling capabilities and what they've achieved in camogie in their schools like they are you know junior a and senior a champions so you know they are they are the, the stronghold in camogie in terms of an all Ireland camogie So, you know, we're delighted to really be getting another chance to play that that level and to play Loretta Kinkenny again.
0: Yeah, and it's it's been a, a great journey for the team this year, I suppose, beating presentation in the, the Munster final. I'm sure there was a lot of kind of rivalry in around the town at that time as well and, and beating presentation at and in the uh, the semi final, All Ireland semi final. So it's a, it's a great group of players, really, because a lot of these girls are involved with the the Tipperary minor team who are just after winning the Munster minor camogie uh, title as well. So it seems to be a, a really good crop of, uh, of of young girls coming through around the Thardis area at the minute.
5: Yeah, I suppose it's unique to schools in that, I suppose, normally, you know, with teams, club teams or county teams, you would kind of know the panel of players that you're going to have. With it school teams, we have constant change. But I suppose, you know... It's not too often that you get a group of girls together of the same ability, of the same willingness and uh, the same talent. And I suppose that's what we're just enjoying at the moment, the the group of girls we have who are so dedicated and committed and so talented as well. And I suppose, you know, for the last last year and this year, two Tipperary schools have contested the Senior A Munster final, so this year against the presentation and last year against Cashel, so I suppose that's just testament to the club work that goes on in the clubs around us and i suppose in the county trainings around us as well to the huge effort that's going on to develop camogie and and we're just enjoying that success through camogie at the minute as well
0: yeah no it's it's really it's really uh just uh welcoming to see i suppose and really encouraging i suppose is the word i'm trying to say for for a camogie and tipperary to see the the underage teams going so well but we mentioned that the the meetings in the past between these two teams and um, the the six ten to seven seven a couple of years back and last year's affair was something like three thirteen to three twelve um, around that so they've been really exciting kind of high scoring games is is that something probably you're you're preparing for
5: tomorrow as well yeah I suppose we're we're always trying to get scores on the board so I suppose again with schools hurling we're playing it in this time of the year and this conditions, you know, I suppose if these girls were playing at the height of the summer, it would be different hurling, but you know, it is testament to the calibre of the girls that, you know, they are able to get those scores up, even in these conditions that, you know, that we are getting these high scoring games and, um, you know, getting great scores and matches, and I suppose that's just testament to the hard work that they do all over the field Um, but, yeah, of course, every score is going to matter on, on, on Saturday. So that's that's what we're looking towards, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, Olivia, we wish you the very best of luck uh, for Saturday's game and uh, hopefully uh, between yourselves and our ladies in Templemore, there'll be a couple of All-Ireland uh, trophies coming back to Tipperary on Saturday.
5: Absolutely, it's great. And, you know, to wish Templemore the best as well because, you know, that's, that's a, a massive achievement in their school too and and just the same as ourselves, we'd be, we'd be hopeful that... I suppose the girls can really give a, a, you know a huge performance, and you know that's that's all you can ask of them after that. And um, you know to wish them the best of luck as well in their in their uh, All Ireland.
0: Brilliant stuff, Olivia Hogan. Thanks for joining us. on across the line, thanks, Paul. And as Olivia mentioned there, Ursuline Thuris aren't the only Tipperary school in an All-Ireland Camogie final tomorrow. Our Ladies Temple Moor take on Our Lady of Lords New Ross at 12 o'clock in Fenian's GA Club in Johnstown in Kilkenny tomorrow. That is the All-Ireland Senior D Schools Camogie final. So we wish all those teams the very best of luck. And also the Tipperary Senior Camogie team are in league action tomorrow. They take on Galway in the County Camogie Grounds in the rag at 3 o'clock there. So we wish uh, Dennis Kelly's side all the very best to look. They're looking to bounce back, of course, from their defeat against uh, Watford last weekend. Also some big soccer games happening this weekend uh, in the Premier County. Uh, Peak Villa taking on Villa FC of Watford in the Munster Junior Cup quarterfinal. That's at 2 o'clock on Sunday In Thurles, so Peak Villa hosting Villa FC there, and then an hour later at three o'clock in Care Park, St Michael's take on Avenue United in a Munster Junior Cup semi-final. So Junior Cup semi-final and quarter-final action there for Peak Villa and St Michael's on Sunday. So we wish them all the very best of luck as well. No AIL rugby this weekend. The teams are on a break before a big kind of finale to the season over the next kind of month and month and a half or so. So I wish all those Tipperary teams the very best of luck between the Camogie and the, the soccer teams this weekend going to take a quick ad break and after that we're going to be speaking to dylan slevin and we're also going to be looking ahead to the weekend's greyhound racing action join us in a few and you're very welcome back to the third and final part of across the line here on tip fm with myself paul carroll on this friday the 23rd of february 2024 now every week on the sporting edge we talk to a different tipperary sports person uh, about their journey in the sport and uh, what they're up to at the minute so this week's edition i spoke to tipperary darts player dylan slevin who's fresh off making his debut at the PDC World Darts Championship back in December and is gearing up for his second year on the PDC Pro Tour and he got that underway just during the week. So I caught up with Dylan yesterday and we spoke about his experience over at the Alexandra Palace in London and what he's looking forward to in the year ahead. So let's hear on this week's edition of The Sporting Edge. It's Dylan Slevin.
3: The Sporting Edge on Tip
5: FM Funded by and Naman With the television licence fee
0: So joining me now is professional darts player Dylan Slevin. Dylan, great to be talking to you again. Thank you.
4: Thanks, Paul. Thanks for
0: having me again. Uh, yeah, Dylan, the last time we were talking was before the, the World Arts Championship. And uh, you're just, uh, you've are just you already got your second season on the PDC Tour underway. So before we kind of talk uh, about the, your second season on tour, just reflecting back on that World Championship experience over in the Alexandra Palace, um, just talk to us a bit about how, how that all felt for you.
4: Um, yeah, no, it was great. I woke up. I woke up that morning, or uh, the morning of the day I was playing, and um, I was nervous. Like I couldn't my legs. I w- wasn't able to walk in the hotel room. Like I was <coughs> basically just glued to the bed, like shaking. I was just feeling sick and all of that. And um, just got in for a shower. Just you know, have a few minutes to myself and just tried to calm myself down, got ready, got in the taxi and just went straight to the uh, the players room in at the venue. Yeah. And uh, once I got in it was grand, all the nerves left. Well once I got into the taxi I was grand like, you know, it would just it just felt like I was going to a normal tournament. Um but um yeah once I got into the practice room it was you know, it was mind boggling like, you know, to be to. To be in a practice room where every dark person wants to be is just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's like it's a—it's a what you call it? It's a dream come true, um, you know. Mm. Um, so yeah, I was in there. I was just waiting for all the family to come in. Me and the girlfriend were in there, and the manager. Um, so I just went into the dark board and just had a few throws and I was comfortable, you know, like everything was going, finishing, doubles all of that was happening and um, so then got called out to do a few photos and interviews and this and that and then got back in and done another few minutes of uh, practice um, then all the family came into the players room and then got then you were told 10 minutes will bring you out to the 10 minutes before they get a scheduled playing time, we were brought into another room with practice boards. So I was practicing there. And then I was called down to them for the walkout. And um, then the nerves started kicking back in again. Do you know, like yeah. when, you see, when you see the the Alexander Palace and the venue and, you know, the big, massive stage and the odd thousand fans out there, you know, watching you perform, like, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a bit bit overwhelming you know um but then once i was up on the stage you know nerves started to go a little but i still had the shake in the hands. uh didn't too didn't do too bad in the first set uh won the first set went back out you know had a sip of water in backstage and then as i was walking about back up to the stage you know uh everything was just calm yeah and i was just like what's going on here do you know like and um then start darts started to slip away from me, you know, my scorn started to go, finishing was all over the place. And after that I just realized that I just needed that small bit of a shake in my hand, you know, to play that extra bit better, you know. Have
0: that little bit um, more focus maybe even.
4: Yeah, you know, you have that focus, that concentration, you know, but when you're lacking the shake, you don't you don't have that much con concentration because you're thinking like okay, you've no shaking your hand. The dart's going to go where you want it to go, but it actually doesn't, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I know, look, uh, I had a I had a very hard op- opponent in Florian Hempel. I knew what he's capable of. He threw, he didn't do too much wrong. You know, his finishing was good. Um, I knew coming back out after, uh, when I was 1-0 up, I knew I still had a game on my hands, you know? Even though it's first to three, with set play, it's a long format, you know? It can go any way you could be 2-0 up and you could still lose the game.
0: Yeah, you see it every year, yeah.
4: Yeah, but um, look, I, you know, you're good not to get the win on your first year, but um, hopefully this year I can make it again and hopefully go go that one extra step further.
0: Yeah, there's a few things I want to ask you on that now. Just, uh, first of all, the the one six seven that you got in the second set, just reflecting back on that, that must have been just a, a great moment up on stage, hit a big finish, kind of the crowd goes mad reacting after it.
4: Yeah, no. I to, to be fair, I had when I had the one six seven. I said, right, look, let's just take this out and we get on with the next leg. <laughs> and when the first triple twenty goes in, you know, you hear the crowd going, "Hey, you know, yeah. cause they, want, uh, they want, big finishes. They want one eighties. They want one seventies. You know, and a one six seven and a one six four is as close to a one seventy as you're going to get. You mm-hmm. know, so once the triple nineteen went in, I was like you know, you're you're only saying these things in the split second in your head, you know, and I said to myself, right, no celebrating, you know, get on with the next leg. And then when the bulls, I just went in, I was, I just, I don't know what came over me, but once I heard the crowd going mad, I just turned around and just gave it, you know, like, <laughs>
0: yeah, you after, little,
4: yeah. I, I'm here, I've turned up in this second set.
0: Yeah, it was it was unbelievable. I'd say I've watched that back now a good few times. It was such a such a good moment. But talk to us a bit about the the. You said when you woke up, you felt a a lot of nerves and things like that. Was was that anything you'd experienced before, or was it just maybe a, a higher level? Or how did you kind of d- deal with that?
4: Yeah, no. Look, you you experience nerves, and you know, coming up through the years of your life, like you know, when mm. you're a young lad going into a north final of a hurling match, or you know, like. Uh, I've played in a few finals now, and you know the nerves. The nerves just get to you. But what I feel is when I'm nervous, I just perform that extra bit better. You know. Yeah. Um. So like I was to be, I was. I know I didn't want nerves, but I was happy that the nerves were actually there that morning because that just made me feel like okay, you're up for it today. Like do you know what I mean. Um. But I just never, I never felt so nervous in my life to not being able to. Just get out of bed and just have a drink, or go to go and have a shower. Like it was, I've never experienced nerves like that before. Do you know?
0: Yeah, and, and were you kind of like, were you thinking, God, how am I going to sort myself out before before I get to the to the arena, or how did you kind of like, do you know, calm yourself down?
4: When I was coming out of the shower, I was just pacing around the room, getting ready, putting on my trousers and shoes and my dark shirt, and I was I just said to Phil, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, how do I get rid of? It? The nerves she said, Doctor sit down here and take a sip of water. So I was sitting down anyway and <clears throat> we were just about to go and the taxi driver texts us he's outside and as we were walking down the nerves was they were still in my stomach, you know, I had the butterflies and once I got into the taxi then I calmed down and was there and pulled up outside and I was just like it was I just said to myself in my own mind I was like Wow, like you're actually here, and you're not here as a fan. You're here as a player, like you know. People are coming to watch, and um. But yeah, I know. Like I was, I was happy in a way I performed, but I was unhappy that I didn't get the win. Do you know that's Yeah, where?
0: yeah, hundred percent. But like I'd imagine all that experience like the amount of experience you gained that day I'd say it, it probably stands to you in terms of now you kind of know what to expect and if when you're there again and things like that so I'd imagine there's a there's an awful lot of benefit from from that experience not just to go back to Alexandra Palace again but for for other tournaments going forward as well
4: yeah i know like look the first year is always a learning curve as they say you know like you can you can do this that you can like, look, we'll take, we'll take Lucas, for instance, like, he's made the final, you know, like, um, but it's it's the next year you always have to do it, like, you know, that's, because that's the year you have to uh, try and keep your torque out, you know, like, so there's just that extra bit of pressure, like, you know, but I don't, I don't let it work me up, you know, I'll just go in and throw my darts, and hopefully they go the way I want them to, Um, but, um, yeah, no, like, the the experience you get from playing on the the big the biggest stage of darts is it's just amazing like you know when you're coming home and everyone's asking you like what was the experience like and I was just like it's you, you I've never experienced anything like it like you know the atmosphere the crowd um, everything was just it was just unbelievable
0: do you know yeah no it's it's it's, a, it's such a, a good experience and like going forward now um you just got the the players championship underway during the week and you've the development tour uh, coming up this weekend as well and after that then is is the UK open and the season kind of really gets gets started then with the kind of the, the first big major so I'm sure you're kind of much more comfortable now going to these events than you were let's say last season because you you kind of maybe know what to expect and you're familiar with the arenas and, and different things like that so I'm sure that that'll be a help going forward this year
4: yeah I know um, what was it the 2024 season started back up there what was it two weeks ago we'll say yeah was it? um but wasn't able to attend because um, the loss of my grandfather you know that that's it's it's still it's still not synced in with me yet, you know, that sort of way. Yeah. Like it's still it's still in the back of my brain like that. Like, you know, um and I know he was a big he was a big supporter, like, you know, when I was playing in the worlds he was there sitting in the middle of Patsy's bar, you know, watching me proud as punch, like, you know. So yeah. like it's 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 good to know that my family backed me all the way, like, you know, and um yeah, I know, I got got over here Sunday, I think it was. I got over to England. Um, was playing on two pro tours on Monday, and Tuesday, and then I had the two qualifier Euro qualifiers on Wednesday. Yesterday, we'll say. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Look. No, look. The pro tours didn't go as planned. You know, I picked up one win on the Monday. Um. Uh. Who? And then I picked up. I didn't win on the. Thursday, I got bet in the first round and ther- or
0: Tuesday,
4: Thursday, yeah. Tuesday, and then Wednesday, I picked for the for Euro Tour three qualifiers. I didn't do too bad, you know. I, I, I played way better than I did Monday and Tuesday. Um, I got so now this year you have to win three or four games to qualify. Last year you had to win two or three, you know. So yeah. it's, that, it's that small bit harder for the non. Non-seeded tour players, you know, like for the lads between 64 and 128, you know. Yeah, yeah, that was there was was a bit of controversy
0: when that when that rule changed because it's making it easier for people just listening in that the the seeded players kind of get automatic qualification to the Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. tour events where they did have to qualify. So now there's less there's less places up for grabs for for everyone else to try and earn a spot, and that's where you kind of earn the majority of the money is at at these events. So yeah, that's probably a. It, it wasn't received well by a lot of the player base when that was changed
4: no and like I, ju- I just I like I'm not really giving out about it like look you know it's, at the end of the day if if you're good enough to qualify you're good enough to qualify do you know that sort of way yeah and um, like third like ter- uh, Wednesday the first one I got I got bet in the last round just before to qualify so I was I had to play uh, four I had to play four games to qualify And, um, I got bet in the third one, just the one game I actually had to play well in. I didn't, I didn't perform and, um, Rich Edhouse bet me, but look, I'm a reserve on the, I'm I'm a reserve on the York or three list. So, you know, like maybe with a bit of luck and nothing too major with someone pulling out, you know, maybe they just didn't, couldn't, didn't want to go or were feeling sick, like, you know, but, um. Yeah, I know. Hopefully I can get in now like, you know. So that'll be another another big stepping stone onto my rankings and trying to regain my tour card for um next year.
0: Yeah, that that I'd imagine is the, the big goal for this year. I suppose last year when when you win the tour card you've two years to before um you've you you've 2 years on the tour when you first get the tour card. So this year now being the second year that I believe is the top sixty four you need to finish to to keep it for, for next year. So I'd imagine that's the the clear goal going forward now for this year.
4: Yeah, um, there's a, I that is that is the biggest. You know, like obviously getting to the world as well. Like, you know, they're the top two. Keeping the keeping the troll card is the main one, and then getting getting to the world would be the biggest bonus ever. Like, you know, but um, yeah, no, I'm 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 hoping you know, form starts to pick up, um, to pick up a few more ranking points, and I think I'm, I know I I I've only found this out as well. Uh, that there's a separate ranking table for the tour cards. So I'm ranked sixty. I think I'm ranked sixty-eight in the world. But there's a separate tour card ranking, and I'm fifty-something in that. So if I can just stay fifty, I think I'm fifty-seven or fifty-eight. Yeah. So if I can stay just in that top sixty-four, I'll be. You know, I'll have my tour card for next year. You know, but I only literally found that out just before the season started that's that's the one
0: The Pro Tour order of merit, yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah, you know, like you're not you don't look at the main live order of merit. It's the tour card race as we'll say, it's on the York. Yeah. Um, so look, hopefully I can just stay in the top sixty-four of that and hopefully I can be on the tour for next year. Do you know?
0: Yeah, and next week as well as we mentioned that the UK Open, so um, always a, it's a, one of the, the big events, one of the, the great events in terms of how big it is and things like that. So I'm sure you're looking forward to that one as well.
4: Yeah, I uh, got to the yeah last year. I got to the fourth round. Got back to Joe Cullen, ten seven or ten eight, I think it was. So um, the draw was literally done today. Um, have a tough second round match today or next Friday. Uh, I play Aaron Monk. Good thrower. He got on the same same. T- he got on the tour the same time as me. So um, hopefully I can just uh, bring my A game and hopefully I can get to the fourth round again. And I think if you get over the ter- second round, the third round I have Luke Woodhouse. Do you know another another great player? Do you know he's been on the tour for. I'd say seven or eight years now maybe more yeah Um, very experienced player you know all he can always bring his a game you know so um hopefully I can just get better of the two and then wait for the draw um Friday evening to wait to see who I play uh Friday evening then and uh, hopefully I can get over
0: the fourth round then yeah it would be big excitement uh, next Friday night looking ahead to that anyway and uh, we'll we'll all be keeping an eye on it here anyway that's for sure but Dylan always great talking Joe. always great keeping up with you and uh, the very best of luck for next week and the season going forward
4: thanks
5: Paul The Sporting Edge on Tip FM funded by Commission Naman with the television licence fee
0: Always oh, great to have a chat with Dylan Slevin there, and he was so honest talking about kind of the nerves and that he experienced over at the Alexandra Palace. So we de- definitely wish him all the very best of luck going forward. And we also pass on our condolences to all the Slevin family, as Dylan mentioned there, the passing of his grandfather, Vincent. So our, our condolences from all of us here in Tip FM uh, go out to the Slevin family there. So moving on, as always, on a Friday evening, it is time to talk dogs with none other than Barry Drake.
4: Tip FM's Greyhound Update in association with Greyhound Racing Ireland. Because this runs deep
3: so there's another exciting uh, weekend of greyhound racing to look forward to with um, so much top class racing action to look forward to all over the country and we're going to start down in Tralee tonight of course Um, a wonderful competition got underway uh, last week it always features some of the hottest and and most exciting uh, youngsters in the world of greyhound racing that's the 2024 Juvenile Classic um, that has a winner's prize of 11,000 euros and a total prize fund of 26,000 euros one of the performances of the opening round came from a local representative trained by Jack Kennelly down in County Kerry. That was the bold Falcon who clocked 28-13. Looks at a high-class sort and will certainly take plenty of stopping in the opening heat. Moving on to the fourth and final heat, a greyhound that has um, a huge future is Coolavenny Otto, who's trained in Kappa White by Pat Buckley. And the youngster set the standard in the opening round when delivering one of the greatest performances, debut performances of all time. 2804. 04. That's uh, as I said, cool of any auto uh, there for James and Nathan Corden. And that, of course, will take the world of beating there, uh, down there, um, in the kingdom tonight. So that's a competition always worth noting. We'll certainly be keeping close eye on all the action down there tonight. Uh, switching our attentions to action um, closer to home um, this weekend, of course, um, always some uh, fabulous uh, racing action um, in uh, Clanmel. But uh, we're going to look ahead to the action in Turles on Saturday night because there is a a big... Um, night down for decision there um, in Thurles on Saturday night of course it's going to be a big uh, benefit night there as well um, for the uh, Tipperary um, GA supporters club and I know there's um, a massive number of tickets um, sold so it really is going to be a night to remember there in Thurles on Saturday night and if you're around make sure um, you head along there uh, to Thurles there on Saturday night. The big feature race of course is the big um local um race of course and uh looking forward to that of course. It's got a wonderful uh, prize of three thousand one hundred and fifty euros um to the winner. And that of course is the uh, champion bitch stake. Which has been a great competition over the course of the last couple of weeks. The Droopy Stud Champion Pitch Open five two five. Big local representatives. Um, you know, in Trap Number Two, Born a Flame for Michelle Dewan in Turles. Giddy Up Maggie and Tree for Louise Wall in Turles. You know, you have uh, Pat Buckley, of course, a doubly represented. Fashion model for Tipperary trainer Patrick Guilfoyle. But I'm going to go with Trap Number One, who I think may just return to top form tonight. And that is, of course, the highly consistent uh, Bob Slade Dream who's trained in Capo White uh, by Pat Buckley no stranger to big race success and of course plenty of success as well um, around um, t- uh, around um, Turles I should say um, so I'm going to go for that in the future so it's going to be a massive crowd a lot of Tipperary um, GA familiar faces no doubt uh, good action down for decision in Clonmel tonight 7.30 start and of course looking ahead to Clanmail on Sunday night another good car down for decision there 6.29 start um, in Mill. just want to keep an eye on in this weekend in the 7.33 um, on Sunday night I think Clanmore Boy will go trap number one uh, and trap number one will go very close there uh, for the Taylor um, Kennel there so that of course is uh, Clanmail this weekend also in Shelburne Park we have the final of the 16,000 euros to the winner uh, Tote Gold Cup which has been a terrific competition uh, over the course of the last couple of weeks looks a a great final there hard enough to predict the winner it has to be said Um, certainly plenty in with a chance here Boyle Sports Coco is one of the leading fancies of course uh, for trainer Dolores Root that will start as favourite but good temporary interest in the final as well with trap number 4 another holiday uh, trained in Tipperary by Michael O'Donovan he's doubly represented of course with Deadly Style as well but I'm going to go with Boyle Sports Coco who might be able to get off the front there in that big one finally of course uh, big uh, news there in recent times with win €5,000 sponsorship for your club Uh, John Millan was promoting that for Greyhound Race in Ireland and uh, they are giving away two €5,000 shirt sponsorships Uh, One to an adult male team and one to an adult uh, female team in the Republic of Ireland. It's for any club, any county, any sport. Teams must be of five or more players and must participate in an official league governed by the sports regulatory body. So you can check that out. All the information, of course, is available on the Greyhound Racing Ireland uh, website. All you have to do is record a video, one minute or less, telling us why your club should win. Uh, So that's a wonderful initiative there uh, from Greyhound. Greyhound race in Ireland. as I said huge racing all over the country this weekend but in terms of the local action Turles Park the place to be on Saturday
0: and many thanks as always to Barry Drake there for his comprehensive as always rundown of all things greyhound racing happening here in the Premier County and further afield as well So that just about sums up all we've got time for for this week's edition of the show. Thanks for you, the listeners, for tuning in and all our guests. And a reminder, if you want to listen back to any of today's show, it will be live on the Tip FM SoundCloud just after uh, 7 o'clock in the next maybe 20 minutes or so. If you want to catch up on anything that you may have missed, we spoke to Shane McGrath about the Tipperary Harlers, Anthony Shelley about the footballers. We spoke to Olivia Hogan from Ursuline Thirlis about their big All-Ireland final tomorrow. We also heard from Dylan Slevin and Barry Drake there in the last 20 minutes as well. So plenty to catch up on the show. And just a reminder as well... Three live games on this weekend. We have Ursuline Thirlis versus Loretto Kilkenny at 12 o'clock tomorrow. At 4 o'clock tomorrow, the Tipperary Senior Hurlers take on Westmead. And at 2 o'clock on Sunday, the Tipperary Senior Footballers take on Leash. All three of those games live on Tip FM over the weekend. So that's just about all we got time for. I'll be back on air for that Tipperary-Westmead game tomorrow. So until then, have a good Friday evening. We'll t- chat to you tomorrow. Look after yourself and bye for now.